Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. I am Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer here in New York City. I'm broadcasting tonight on a rainy Sunday from the bright red desk on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And uh, what we do here on the Weekly Weather is we talk about the week ahead and what's going to be like and um, what we can anticipate, how we can work with the energy productively, not so productively. Um, our, our choice, we always have free will. Stars impel, they don't compel. Stars, in, stars com- impel, yeah, impel, they don't compel. I always forget that quote. And uh, last week we had a lot of Neptune. <laughs> a few people wrote, Vanessa, when is the Neptune going to all be over? Um, you know, it was a lot of Neptune. It was a lot of emotion, a lot of feeling. A lot of people had stuff kind of erupt from the deep, dark underbelly of their psyche uh, or the deep, dark underbelly of wherever they thought it was safely buried. And it kind of emerged and it said, pay attention to me. Remember, we are still in eclipse season. And even though it's a new moon eclipse and we're moving forward towards the full moon, the eclipses are leaving, the eclipses are leaving, it still wants us to see things. And as the lights hang out near the nodes of fate, we do face fated moments, fated points of choice, fainted ideas where we're going to say, yeah, I think that's the new way I want to look at things. And as the Neptune, as Mercury hit the Neptune, as Venus, is, as Venus hit the Neptune, as Mercury, as the Sun hit Neptune, we're going to have these things come to light. And they're going to invite us to work with them. It's a conjunction. Conjunctions, as the Sun goes across it, or as the Mercury or the Venus go across it, they help us go, wow, I never saw it like that before. We have a different perspective on it. We have an opportunity to shift our paradigm, shift our vision of the world, see through the fog in a new way, or even just see the fog and maybe just feel very fogged in and very wet and teary and emotional. I went through a whole box of Kleenex this week (laughs) at the reading table. One woman said to me, do people always cry here? And well, not always, but this week there's been quite a few tears, you know. And then they, it's very funny because people always pack up their Kleenex and they put it in their bag. And I'm like, oh no, there's a little garbage can down there you can throw the Kleenex in, you know. Because um, they're like, yeah, I'm going to take my tears with me. I'm like, you can leave them behind, you know. They're right, it's right there. So our job this week is to know. Might have been a little teary, might have been a little emotional, might have been a little sensitive. Pisces. This is what our Pisces friends deal with all the time. Aren't you glad you're not a Pisces? Yeah, you have that whole week of emotion, feeling, flooding. Now, I'm not trying to insult the Pisces. But it's always fun when there's an energy in the sky that allows us to understand what the other guy's doing. And so that deep sensitivity, that deep emotion, on a bad day a little paranoid, but also this, this desire to see the world with rose-colored glasses, to see the world as possible to change. And, of course, we had the emotional fallout from the shooting down in Florida and a lot of emotions around it and a lot of uh, energy around it. And, you know, some people saying things like, oh, these youth, they'll soon understand things can't change. And I'm kind of like, no, no, their job as youth, as the optimist, as the visionaries, as the Pisces, is to help us understand how we can change, that there is a possibility of change. But yes, there's a certain inevitability, but there is, there is hope, there is dreaming, there is a new way of looking. So however you spent last week rolling around in the Pisces 
Neptune energy. This week, we have new and exciting things coming for you. One, we go into March, which is, of course, you know, a fun month. And two, um, we have this new excitement. Uh, We still have a little more Pisces to go. (laughs) But then we start doing a little more grounding, right? We start to ground the energy. We start to feel like, okay, we have a nice juicy full moon in Virgo. You know, we're going to want to kind of settle down and ground and kind of get some solidity. And we're going to have the sun come up and meet the Pisces, Neptune, one more time. That's next Sunday. But this week uh, is much more earthy, a little more grounded, a little more solid. The moon is in fire. I mean, today it's in Cancer, but it's going to be in fire and it's going to be in Virgo, which are both kind of seeing things and feeling things and doing things signs. And then over the weekend in Libra. So we've got a nice energy of of shifting and changing. We also have um, the planets that were so emotional last week when they were joined with Neptune this week come up and join with Jupiter. So they're going, and not join with Jupiter, they talk to Jupiter. And when they talk to Jupiter, he says to them, okay, so let's get practical. Kind of think of it as last week was the emotional feeling space And now Obi-Wan Kenobi, because he's Jupiter in Star Wars, is sitting down with you and he's going, okay, what are we going to do? Or if you used to like Kung Fu and in David Carradine and he would go home and talk to the guy in the monastery and he'd go, okay, grasshopper, now we are ready. Okay, so this is the, okay, now we are ready. It's a new moon growing towards full and we're getting ready for Jupiter to station in a couple of weeks. Jupiter's going to stop, but he's getting close to his station degree at 8, the 8th of March. He's going to stop, and he's going to station at 23. So essentially, he's at that degree uh, last week, next week, the week after next, the week after next, the week after next. So Jupiter's parked at 23 for basically six, seven weeks. But stations on the 8th so we're approaching his energy we're not quite to the minute yet but this energy of expansion and intensity jupiter and scorpio at this kind of passionate degree now all the planets in pisces are going to come along and dance with him and they're going to say can i dance with you and jupiter's going to say let me teach you some wisdom because he's about to stop in scorpio now this also marks uh the first time jupiter has stationed since the beginning of the Me Too business, back when he went into Scorpio and we started all the Harvey Weinstein stuff. So we can anticipate some big, exciting stuff going on this next couple of weeks around the Me Too. And then we're going to regress a little. We're going to go backwards. We're going to go back and work with the stories, especially as the stories that came out since Jupiter got to 13, which was in December, because Jupiter's now going to go backwards till 13. Uh, through the end of July, middle of July. So as he gets ready to pause, we're all going to dig in for a little emotional intensity and a little swirling and also an opportunity for us to kind of that last little push. Now remember, once March 8th happens, which is not this week but next, Jupiter stops going forward and he reverses. Next month, Saturn stops going forward and he reverses. And so they're going to be going backwards through the summer uh, so your forward motion time now, 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 push, push, push. And then certainly as Saturn comes to stop next month, 
that's like, you know, really forward. Now, of course, half the people in the listing audience have retrogrades. You have a retrograde Jupiter in your chart if it's opposite where your sun is. You have a retrograde Saturn in your chart if it's opposite where your sun is. So for you, this is when you get busy. The retrograde people get busy when the rest of us pause. I'm, I'm, I'm a direct girl myself. Um, but when it goes retrograde, we all kind of go, oh, thank heavens, they're, they're taking over. And it's a little like Mercury retrograde, but what it wants us to do is go back to December and look at what went on from December to now and see if there was some excesses that needed to be addressed or worked with in a new manner because that's kind of what the what the story of it wants to do. And our job with this is to go, okay, we're shifting, we're changing, we're offering a new version, we're offering a new vision, we're getting in tune with what we need to do and, more importantly, why we need to do it. All right, so next up, um, we're going to talk about the moons. So this week the moon is in, uh, right now it's in Cancer, and it's going to be in Cancer till tomorrow at 4.51 when it goes void with square to Uranus. So that's kind of sudden, unexpected endings and releases and letting goes. And then it's void uh, Monday evening from 4.51 to 11.42, and then it enters Leo. And it's in Leo uh, Monday night, all day Tuesday, Wednesday through 6.13 p.m., when it goes void with a, a trine to Uranus. So moon and Leo, fire trine, trines Uranus, fire energy. Then it's void Wednesday night from 6.13 on until 12.57 a.m. the 1st of March. And it is, uh, then it goes into Virgo. So it's in Virgo on Thursday, on Friday, and it goes void Friday night at 6.50 p.m., with an opposition to Venus. So Moon in Virgo, opposite Venus in Pisces. Then it's void Friday night, and it's void until 3.20 in the morning Saturday when it enters Libra, and it's in Libra Saturday the 3rd, Sunday the 4th in Libra, and then it goes void at 1.19 in the morning on the 5th with an opposition to Uranus. Libra Moon, opposite to Uranus in Aries. So the first part of the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, gets a lot done. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday lets a lot go. In the middle of there, we're going to have a full moon in Virgo at 11 Virgo, which takes us back to uh, September of 17 and what was going, I'm sorry, September of 16 and what was going on then. And then we come forward uh, and what that new beginning was, was like September 1st. And then we go forward until the opening square, which is the um, the Gemini moon last year in um, May 1st of, of 17. And now we're at the full moon in March. And then we go forward to the Sag moon this year, December 1st of 18. So we go back and think about what you were working on in September of 16, that's two years ago, that story culminates now. And your job is to go, okay, you know, we're ready for a culmination. We're ready to see this in a new way. We're ready to work with it in a new way. And our job with this is to push, push, push. And especially the beginning part of the week because it's very much about what the direction is we want ahead, how we want to get there, what it looks like. So our job with this energy is to kind of ride with it. Now, the week also features uh, the leaving of the eclipses, which runs through next Thursday, the 1st, 
And so as we leave eclipse season, we get a couple more aha moments. That's part of what eclipses do. They're here to have us go aha and to see things we never saw before as part of the story and um, and to kind of work with it in a different energy, to work with it in a different way. Remo, honey, I need you to get down. He's hanging out on the desk here, which is great, except his little tail. Come on, get down, get down. Oh, please, you're making me crazy. Can you can you go sit somewhere else while I'm doing this? Because if you hit the tail with the thing, it's going to make it go off. He's totally not listening to me. He's an Aries. I don't know why I have Aries in my life. They never listen to me. I'm a little Virgo begging, and they just don't listen. Thank you, Remo. He did listen. Thank you. Okay, seven degrees. <laughs> so the sun this week going from, yeah, now he's really mad, but going from seven degrees Pisces to 13 Pisces. So the sun this week is going to have its conjunction with Neptune, similar to the way Mercury and Venus did last week. So we have still some more emotional processing to do through Sunday. Uh, the, the sun is going to be sextile to Saturn, which gives him a great deal of uh, energy at the beginning of the week on the 25th and the 26th, where he really wants to be productive and get work done. You may find you're feeling like you're in a rocket ship and you just want to do a lot of stuff and kind of get things out the door. Uh, there is a semi-square to Eris, which is a little bit of uh, asking you to change how you do things or ch- take a different approach. And then Sun is going to have a semi-square to Uranus on March 1st. And what that does is it gives us a great deal of energy around st- stress around how we want to change things. Now, in a couple of weeks, Uranus is a couple of months, Uranus is going to go into Taurus, which marks the end of an eight-year journey. So he's kind of in the wrap-up phase, and he's really looking at us to kind of go forward. And he's in the section uh, that he was retrograde in uh, last year. So there's a lot of energy around releasing old things or releasing old habits or releasing outworn things we don't need anymore. And you might also feel a little bit like you're pressed to release stuff that you're not really ready to let go of yet. Because remember, the sun is in Pisces coming to Neptune. Pisces sees the world with rose-colored glasses. It really doesn't want to believe the bad stuff. You know, it's just not, you know, just not on its list of things to do. And this week on the first and the second, as sun merges with Neptune, it wants to partner with the illusion. It wants to believe the best. It wants to believe that there's possible. It wants to see or it wants to be really depressed and be like, wow, I'm just so sad. So as the Sun-Neptune connects, we want to honor that journey and say, okay. And then it, it, it joins it by a zodiacal degree on the fourth. So we can look at the first, second, third, fourth as really being deeply emotional weekend uh, as we're approaching it. And then the Sun has a biquintile to Ceres, which is also about reminding us that everything uh, is created and everything that's created must shift. Um, last week or two weeks ago was Ash Wednesday, which I always like. You know, you get the little schmutz on your little ashes on your forehead and a little cross. You know, you walk around town and you see how many people with little black dots on their forehead. Remember, man, that you are dust, and unto dust you shall return. Right? And we are. You know, we are cosmic stardust. We're here to manifest the the moment of our birth and reality in the world, and then we leave. And so part of what Neptune and the sun do is they ask us, what are you going to leave behind? You know, what's your legacy? What does that look like? What do you want to be known for? What will people say of you after you're gone? Will they speak of you at all? And if they do, what will they say? 
That's why people name buildings after themselves. They have enough money. Because you have to keep keep saying their name, Carnegie Museum, Carnegie Hall, you know, Lincoln Center. Um, but what are they going to say of you? And Sun Neptune really makes us aware of the porousness of the boundaries. So that's a big journey this week, the porousness of the boundaries, especially after last week Venus and Mercury connected with Neptune and really kind of got us on a different space. Mercury this week, very busy guy. He's really flying along. He's 13 Pisces all the way to 28 Pisces. He's just out of control, that boy. He does link up with Neptune. That was today. He's now going to come up and he's going to link up with Neptune by, by, by declination. That's going to happen on the 25th. He has a hard aspect to the nodes of fate on the 25th, which means a little bit of disillusionment on his part or seeing something clearly he hadn't seen before. Sometimes it's not disillusionment. Sometimes it's kind of like everybody saw it but you. And you're kind of like, how did everybody see it but me? It's because you were in Neptune land. you know. And one of the things with Neptune, I mean, astrologers are very cautious about Neptune because they're kind of like, yeah... You know, it's Neptune, man, because it's got an element of trickery and usually a flood or two. Um, so we're still having the flooding. It's been raining here for four days um, and overcast and gloomy and gray. And Neptune also wants us to be a little melancholy or reconnect. Neptune has a square to Vesta on the 26th, which is a lot, or I'm sorry, the 28th. I don't know bright enough light on here. Um, a square to Vesta and a square to Mars, which allows him to get things out the door and change. And it is a good week to make changes around the home and hearth because Mars and Vesta are going to be meeting up. We'll talk about them in a minute. Mercury also is sextile Pluto, which is a lot of energy around in, important communication, secrets being told on February 28th. I'm expecting some more indictments. And of course, Neptune is water. So we've had all these money laundering, <laughs> Venus, money, Neptune, watering, money laundering. It's, it's wonderful, money laundering indictments. Uh, we also have Venus parallel Mer- uh, Mercury. Uh, Mercury and Venus are parallel, which means they're talking on a, they're kind of sitting next to each other on the boat, and they're talking, and they're sharing some information which is always good because they're not in the same they're not in the same zodiacal degree but they're they're sharing some info. Uh Mercury also is trine Jupiter on the 28th. Now Jupiter is basically parked at 23. This is the first of our three trines as planets come and trine the Jupiter and of course the moon will too. So we don't want to count her out. But the planets, the sun, Mercury, the Venus and the sun are all going to come to trine Jupiter. And Jupiter, as in his wise element, you know, is speaking to us. Mercury also is parallel Eris, inviting us to change things. That's on March 3rd, to maybe depart from the existing, or perhaps a little angry, some angry words with people, where you're kind of like, you know what, I really, we've talked about this, and I'm, I'm done, Mercury Eris. Uh, Mercury's also uh, blindsided a little bit by Uranus. The changes that are happening sometimes feel a little bit too fast, and you're like, well, what'd you do with that? And they're like, I threw it away. And you're like, threw it away? Well, weren't you done with it? Not really. Okay, you threw it away. Huh. All right, now what do I do? So that's that energy at the end of the week on the 3rd. And then on the 4th, Mercury meets up with Venus, and he also meets up with Chiron. Now, what happens when Venus and Mercury and Chiron all meet, it's giant little hodgepodge of emotional energy in the world. So March 4th, you know, the day or two before, the day or two after, People are really going to be working from the depths of their souls, from the depths of their wounds. 
that Chiron energy can be very, very uh, wonderful. It can also be very problematic uh, because what it does is it speaks to the soul wound. So when I talk to somebody about their Saturn, they nod and they, they go, yeah, yeah, you know, I know Saturn. Talk to them about their Chiron, they cry. And in the tears... In the tears, there's an awareness of the sadness of the wound and the and the whole the wholeness of the soul, and how it's just kind of really connected in on a deeper level. So this week, as Mercury and Venus and Chiron all have a little conversation and hang out in the sky together, remember he's the wounded healer, Chiron. He's the one that helps us understand where our wounds are and 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 really, in fact, that they never really heal. Earlier today, I had a reading with someone. And they were talking about having a car accident when they were 22, which had resulted in them having uh, having to have surgery, many surgeries over the breaking of the leg and ultimately leading to losing it, losing part of the leg. And um, And it was a Chiron aspect. And I was like, wow, literally wounded leg. I mean, he, he was wounded, Chiron was wounded by Medusa's blood on his... Hercules arrow, you know, because the, these men, these boys, these men, these Greek, Greek Greek heroes dip their arrows in Medusa's blood. Really not a nice thing to do. It's kind of like dipping it into a poison pen. Clipped Chiron, he doesn't die. He's just immortal, but he's limping for the rest of his life. So um, interesting energy. Also, I just found out there's a Medusa exhibit at the Met. <laughs> so all of you Medusa fans, myself included, Time to go to the Met. It's going to be there for a while. It's in the Roman section. And it looks like really cool. They sent a whole brochure, and there's all these Medusa imageries. And, of course, it's also imagery of the dark feminine. Speaking of feminine, on to Venus. That's a good segue. Venus this week goes from 18 uh, Pisces all the way through uh, 27 Pisces, where she links up with Chiron. So she has a square to Mars. She and he are fighting this week, little lover spat energy. A little energy about get rid of that. I don't want that in my house anymore. You know, because she's in a square to she's in a square to Sag, and then she's got a quintile to Saturn on the 26th, where she's helpful, and she wants to uh, get stuff done. So her square to Mars and her square to Vesta get rid of things. I think I said square to Sag. She's square to Vesta and Sag, which is I have a lot of stuff. Let's clean it out and make it pretty. She also, Venus, has a sextile to Pluto on the 27th, which gives her a lot of energy around collaborative collecting and working together on a new level. And then she also has an, a, is a little blindsided on the 1st by an angry feminine energy um, because she's getting it, getting it from behind. And we go, okay, what's that about? You know, looking forward to that um, because she's, you know, she's feeling really sensitive and then she's getting kind of whacked. And then she has got a trine to Jupiter on the 1st, which is a lot about, you know, the flow and the energetic workings together, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to Princess Leia and saying, hey, you know, this is what you can do. So there's a lot of positive energy there. And then Venus goes forward with a a little bit of a shock from uh, Uranus on the 3rd where Uranus says to her, you know this, and then she gets another angry feminine energy on the 4th from Pallas, from Eris, because she's parallel to Eris, and then, of course, at the end of the week, she is joined to Chiron, and she's parallel to Chiron, so double wounding, double wounding on March 4th, and, and just kind of understand, you know, we're going towards this new moon energy, right, and, you know, what the new moon wants us to do is really see things, 
And it's in Virgo. It wants us to see things and fix things to the best of our ability. Might not be easy, but it's definitely uh, workable. Then next up, we have Mars, and he's going from 18 Sag uh, to 20 Sag. So he's not so busy. He's linked up with Vesta on the 25th, which is a lot about clearing stuff out and getting things moving today, tomorrow. It's good aspects for moving stuff around. And he also has a, he has a semi-sextile to Pluto, which gives him a little bit of a blind side from uh, the Lord of Earth, kind of bashing him. Uh, or he's kind of bashing the Lord of Earth. Pluto and Capricorn's going, well, we're both, and Mars goes, not so fast, my friend. So kind of know that the two guys that work together, they're in a semi-sextile. Now, they work together to cause a lot of problems. So semi-sextiles usually are not particularly effective killing machines, so we can anticipate more hoo-ha around the uh, fighting and the shooting stuff. And he also has a semi Quadrate, sorry, sesquiquadrate two series on the first, which is the mothers. Now, I sent a newsletter out, which we'll post on the website in a day or so. If you'd like to get the early edition, sign up for my newsletter on my website, astroann.com or annortley.com. I sent a newsletter out about these shootings in Parkland, and there are pivotal moments in a culture. Uh, and I, I actually thought Sandy Hook would be it, but I think Sandy Hook kind of is the... Um, the one where I first became aware of the conspiracy people. But the Parkland shooting, interestingly, the eclipse that we had was on the U.S. moon. And um, the United States moon, I like the chart, the Sibley chart, the 510 chart for July 4, 1776. But I sent a newsletter out. There's moments in time when things shift. So we had the shift of um, mothers against drunk driving. You know, a couple mothers who'd lost their kids got really mad and were like, okay, we're going to get rid of drunk driving. And they formed MAD, M-A-D-D, and they do a lot of work making awareness. Now, we all know now about designated drivers. We all know not to drink and drive. Back when I was growing up, you got drunk and you got behind the steering wheel of a car. And I actually had friends who killed people um, driving drunk. Uh, So I was devastated, but also they were drunk, so they really didn't remember doing it, right? Um, Laura Bush killed her ex-boyfriend with a car, driving drunk. Yes, President Bush's wife. Um, So drunk driving has been around, but Mothers Against Drunk Driving now makes us think twice. Cigarettes. When I was growing up, you smoked airplanes. You flew on airplanes. They had cigarettes. Theaters had the smoking section and the non-smoking section. (laughs) Of course, the air is all the same, so it would still come get you. But I remember rolling my hair down and yelling at my mother that she was making my hair smell with her smoking. Now it's pretty hard to find smoking. You know, it's really pretty frowned upon. People look, people make faces. And I think that's the energy we're having with this shooting, uh, that this is the pivotal moment where we're going to be before and after. Um, Because those kids are mad. And they were born after Columbine, which was the first really big, and there was the school shooting in the Texas, in the town, in the gun tower or the bell tower. And that was that was one guy shooting, but the one in Columbine, which was kids shooting kids, was our first, what, kids shoot kids? And this one, I think, these kids were raised with this, go to school and get shot. And um, I think this is a pivotal moment in our culture. So with the Mars uh, coming to Vesta, saying arm the teachers, uh, the Vestas are the t- people that tend us. 
they're the the farmers, they're the fire keepers, but they're also the people that keep track of our kids and all that. They're people that the helpers. So Mars joined Vesta says, is this really a solution or do we maybe want to do something else? Uh, Neptune uh, this week is sextile to Pallas Athena, giving us a new vision of how to do things. And then she's also parallel to Juno on the third, inviting us to partner. And then last but not least, Pallas Athena squares the nodes of fate on February 27th, encouraging us to choose. Uh, because she's squaring from a Taurus position, Pallas Athena, who of course was Athens' ruler, uh, the city of Athens was dedicated to her, and she was the father's daughter, and she was Milton. She had those swords. She had that big sword. She's the one that started Medusa. Um, you know, made Medusa happen because she turned her into a, you know, turned her into a gorgon and sent her off. This is a big week of choice. Very emotional week with the Sun in Neptune. A lot of energy with Jupiter saying, think wisely, see wisely, be wisely, be wisely. I don't think that's quite a proper term, but be wise. Um, and we're going forward into this new week, this new energy. And then the lovely Virgo moon on Wednesday the 1st is a full moon, uh, and it is uh, Purim in terms of the, the holiday calendars. But also it's a big week in, in terms of encouraging us to emotionally connect on a deeper level to what our soul's path is. And at the end of the week, you're going to be asked to make a strategic choice going to actually make a couple choices this week uh, with Mercury there too. But uh, as we go through this journey, you know, our job is to revolve and to have our soul grow and to say, okay, how's my soul growing today? And we don't grow every day, but most days we do grow a little bit. We grow a hair nail, we grow a fingernail, we grow an eyebrow, just tweeze my eyebrows before the show. We kind of, you know, I'm like, where do these eyebrows grow from? Watch for the growth. Also, uh, there is a we're doing a webinar or sorry a class March 10th and 11th next weekend two weekends out in uh, at TRS on my website sign up and I wish you all a great week and a lovely lovely new adventure in your life as the new energy comes in take care and have a good one bye it's Anne signing off from the bright red desk bye. <laughs>